0: listening to the pharmacy podcast network. Welcome to the Sports Pharmacy Podcast. My name is Dr. H and I am your host. I am a wellness pharmacist, pharmacy owner and certified sports nutritionist. Join me while we discuss a wide range of topics ranging from health and wellness, sports and even some small business secrets. Feel free to join our Discord for more interactions with me and other fellow listeners. Now let's get into the show. Welcome, welcome, Sports Pharmacy fans. I have the pleasure of having Refs Need Love 2 from TikTok. David Gerson, how are you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful, sir. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely, man. I On a whim, I sent him a, uh, an email. and I was like, hey, man, we're both refs. Let's get on this podcast together. It was so easy. It was, I was like, he was so into it. I was like, I told my wife, I was like, it's awesome. I'm so excited. I got a love for everyone, man. Even if you're not a
1: ref, I still would have been polite and I always love to talk.
0: I appreciate that, man. Gerson, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, man, and we'll get into the, the TikTok side of things as well. Absolutely. So I've been talking about
1: sports and physiology and pharmacy. I've been an athlete most of my life. I was a division one rugby player in college, but I played all sorts of sports growing up. I've always been active and then had kids and as your kids play sports, you wind up coaching their sports. And then eventually, as my son moved up through the US Development Academy in soccer and got beyond my coaching ability, and I didn't have that going on anymore, he decided he wanted to get into refing at 10 years old. And a 10? Yeah, at 10. You could do that up until hey. about five years ago. Yeah. Imagine being a referee. Really? I, yeah. A referee at 10 years old. So young, but That's awesome. I was going to drive him to the field. So I was like, wow, ah, I'll go do it too. I was actually, when I finished my playing career, I actually did some rugby refereeing. I was a nationally certified rugby ref as well. And nice. so I had that in me, my high school yearbook quote is it's better to stand alone for the right reasons than be together for the wrong. I've always been that guy. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's. <laughs> hey, I'm, at the, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna put a little note here to make sure I remember that one. That was, I'm full of them, but I've always been that kind of person to take an unpopular stand. So being a referee is perfect for me. Absolutely, man. I, I'll
0: be the. I'll be the first to tell you. A lot of my audience probably doesn't know. I was a. I was a referee too, going through high school into college, but I feel like I got into a very different reason. I was a. <laughs> I was a high school player, defensive midfielder. Nice. Known to tick off referees, and I was like, all right. I got to figure out these rules before I get into any more trouble. My coach was like, go to the ref class, become a referee, figure it out and come back. I said, okay, that's very fair. I so it. I – now i know how to bend the rules that's the worst part about oh, it
1: oh yeah I, it's amazing how many times i will be on the pitch with a kid <laughs> and i can see something they did and i'd be like you're a ref right and they're like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they always know, <laughs> the like other... right on the edge of that's what the they do that envelope they do they're the ones yeah. who do the professional fouls they really yep, know yep. how to push the delay of the restart they really know yep. how to just all of those types of things but so i, I got my son got into refing, and mm-hmm. i was going to bring him so i went got my uniform too and then we ref together for seven years. He just stopped doing it this year as he's graduating high school now, hopefully he does in college, but had a lot of fun. I really fell in love with it. It gave me purpose, it got me active. I hate running on a treadmill, but I will run Same. on a treadmill knowing that I'm gonna get ready for the weekend. And then yeah. about two years ago, I my kids all had TikTok. And I actually videoed a funny video of my wife. She was getting ready for a movie and she put on my referee kit because she had to have a generic (laughs) Halloween costume for this movie. And it was funny. And she's doing like flag signals. And I put it on TikTok as a joke, like just as a lark. And it went viral. Got 500,000 views like in two days. And so I was like, oh, this is funny. And so then I started doing a few more videos. And then about a weekend after I'm doing like funny stuff, like referee comebacks, I had this young 14 year old referee say, Hey, I was racially abused at my game. Damn. What do I do? How do I deal with that? And then I started getting all these other things from referees asking for advice. How do you handle this? How do you handle refs yelling at you? Are you not refs? Coaches yelling at you, players yelling at you, and parents yelling at you. Parents. And so what started as a joke has been like a two-year journey developing this brand Refs Need Love too to just humanize the referee, to explain the laws of the game to people who don't know and yeah. have fun doing it. And it's been wonderful. It's been a lot of fun.
0: I think I started following you more during the World Cup when you were breaking down different cards and stuff like that. Yeah. And I found myself agreeing with you most of the time. I think there was only one <laughs> or two I disagreed, but I was like, yeah, I think it's pretty good. There's another guy on TikTok as well. Mm-hmm. He, he's a, he does referee stuff as well, but mm-hmm. he's a little bit more... I'd say a little bit more serious on the serious side, I guess is a fair way to say. I forgot his his name, honestly, I miss his name. Is it the ref POV guy? That guy, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) that guy, yeah. Have you talked to him before? Uh, We've interacted actually,
1: yeah. We've definitely interacted. I've asked him some questions here and now. He doesn't do it as much as he did, I I think uh, a long time ago. But yeah, Yeah. his are much more very matter of fact. Should this (laughs) have been a red card? Yes. And for me, (laughs) I try and talk about, here are the considerations. Here's what the referee, when that play happened, here's what I think they saw. And here are the laws of the game. And here's what they're judging by. Is it this or is it this? Is it this or is it this? What's the thought process that goes through? Because to be Mm -hmm. quite honest, in the beautiful game, it's free flowing. It's open to interpretation. The law book is like by design, really small amount of, words Mm -hmm. and text. It's not hundreds of pages. And so it's up for interpretation and up for debate and considerations as to what's a yellow, what's a red, what's just a common foul, all those things, what's a fair challenge, what's not. And so I try and help the listener, the Mm -hmm. watcher of these videos, really Mm -hmm. try and understand that decision-making process. Because if you disagree with a referee, it's not wrong or right necessarily all the time. It's just you might have had a different feeling about what happened, or a different perspective. You might have saw something different than dated. I try and humanize the decision so that they don't. The referee doesn't become vilified, which course, I see yeah. happen
0: so often. One one thing that drives me crazy, and I noticed it in the first game of the World Cup when Qatar was playing. Yes, uh, they had a the referee in the middle. I don't know if you saw it. He was about thirty steps behind where he should have been. And that's my only pet peeve when it comes to referees. Don't be that far behind the play because you'll mm-hmm. miss it. And that was that's what that was my biggest pet peeve with that game, man. I was like, I was watching it. And I told my dad, and dad, my dad's watched soccer for a long time, and for me to explain to him that part, he's I never even looked at that. I said, I watched the referee. It's really weird.
1: Yeah, no, trust me, I, I do it. I do it all the time. I'm always yeah. looking where I can because I'm at a point in my ref career now. I've been eight years plus in. Uh, where it's it's not just enough to move up and down the pitch. It's like exactly what quadrant of the field are you in? And there's like 20 different quadrants they tell you to be in at yep. different times. Yep. So I'm really looking Diagnals. at that. But yeah, you talk about from a fitness standpoint, mm-hmm. the average professional referee runs more in a soccer match than the mm-hmm. average professional soccer player.
0: Yep. So it's the crazy. Average,
1: it's insane. And the type of running that we do is bizarro. Like we mm-hmm, will go mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. a standing stop to a full sprint. We've got to have cardio to be able to go ninety minutes. We don't get a sub. Plus, <laughs> yeah, <the> exactly. crazy. <laughs> we got to keep <laughs> going. Yeah. Yeah, and the extra time at the World Cup, it might be twenty yep. more minutes in that game. Oh, you never man, know. Yeah. Or gosh forbid, it's a knockout round, and you've got yep. another thirty minutes plus stoppage time, and and you've got to be absolutely on your horse in the hundred nineteenth minute. And there is a quick switch of play going up the field. You have mm-hmm. got to, like you said, you yep. got to be within 10 yards of the play and not just 10 yards in the play following direct behind. you got to get yourself that perfect angle so to see. see in between. It's insane the type of cardio and the anaerobic fitness that these guys to explode into a mm-hmm. sprint of the professional ref. It's really wild. Or just even at a grassroots level of people who aspire to do those top matches, it's wild the fitness you got to
0: be in to do a good job. So for me, when I first started, I'm not sure if it's the same way now, but you start out as a great eight referee, and then you go down to a seven, then a six and stuff like that. Is that still going on now? I'm not no,
1: sure. No, they've destroyed that system here in the United oh, really? States. Oh, Jesus. I just <laughs> yeah. dated myself a little bit no, there. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. I, I totally to know what you're talking yeah. about. No, I totally know what you're talking about. No, in England, they still do that. Like where you oh, really? start as okay. a nine and you work your way up to one, which would be a professional, which is like the top. of referees, but you know that's where it goes. Here in the U.S., it used to be very similar to that. Now they call it grassroots, and then beyond grassroots, you're regional, and regional referees and pro referees. Those are the next two steps. The regional referee is less than two percent of referees in the United States. So it's 98% of us that are not regional, and I aspire to be a regional referee. I'm going to get there this year is the other 98%. So whether you've been refing for 20 years and you yeah. do MLS next and you do like tier three, tier four, the UPSL or USL mm-hmm. two, you're still just a grassroots referee.
0: So I want to discuss a little bit more in, about the, the whole TikTok thing. And yeah. it's something that I'm starting to get into. I mm-hmm. have a weird segment that I'm doing. Where usually I'm a very bubbly, smiley person, sarcastic. I do 10 second vitamin reviews, but I'm like straight face, like I'm not <laughs> smiling. I'm not doing anything. Just trying to give someone like quick, like vitamins, yeah. vitamin reviews. But for you, man, how did you get the confidence to get into this, man? What drove you to Because you're in marketing, right? I I stopped on LinkedIn a little bit. Yeah, talk to us a little bit about that, dude.
1: Yeah, so I've been in marketing and product management, product development for 25 years. I've run global brands. I've been chief brand officer of a publicly traded company. But I will tell you, ever since I was a little kid, I did theater. My mom acted (laughs) off-Broadway. I grew up in New York City. Being on stage, whether I was the president of a junior high school, or I was like the president of my rugby team in college, or whatever that might be, I've always wanted to be, that person out front and I'm also very comfortable again with just feedback <laughs> critique yeah. like I'm cool with that like I am totally comfortable taking that I know you're not attacking me necessarily personally you're attacking the idea or the situation whatever so I love being out in front and even today I lead teams of people I lead large events so I am very comfortable with that but the TikTok, I will tell you has been unbelievably fascinating because it's Mm -hmm. completely, their algorithm is very egalitarian. You can connect with people all around the world every single day. And the first time someone posts a video, if people dig it and people watch it, then they'll show it to 10 more people. And if they dig it and they watch it, they'll show it to 10 more people. And I have every single day, I have people interacting with me from every continent on earth, probably aside from Antarctica, although maybe yeah, there's a the football people fan there. there. <laughs> I mean, there's a few people, but I mean, I'm telling you whether it's Norway, I am like crazy popular in like Nigeria, for <laughs> like, real, <laughs> like for real, like that's I have amazing. like I have the data. I can't imagine it's right, but supposedly like six percent of the people in Nigeria follow me. At least that's They're what it looks to find like rules, it is. Yeah. It's bananas, Sorry. but it's awesome. This global community, and then it's like fun for me. So again, my 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 goal as in this thing, refs need love too, is to humanize the referee. To show that we're humans, that we are your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, your son, your daughter, your grandfather, your uncle, whatever. That we are humans in your local community. We care and love the game as much, if not more, than you do. Mm -hmm. And give us a little grace. Again, 98% of us are grassroots. 99.99% of us are not professional. So mm-hmm. settle down, recognize that the players on the pitch are not professionals. The refs are yeah. not professionals. <laughs> Just give us a little grace. So I love doing these videos every day, humanizing the referee and giving the refs perspective, which often is not heard. Professional mm-hmm. refs mm-hmm. never talk to the media. They I don't wish, explain their decisions.
0: I, I wish and I know something in the Bundesliga they're going to be rolling out pretty soon is that if there's ever like a booth review or yes. whatever, they have to explain what they, Yes. which is going to be pretty cool. I think. Yes. So at the U 20 world cup,
1: it, uh-huh. when they had a VR review, the uh-huh. referee would come back on the field and they would say, we reviewed this for serious foul play. I have judged that the contact did not warrant a red card. I am awarding a yellow card for unsporting behavior, reckless challenge. And that's wonderful. <laughs> it's not walking people through the decision, but at least it's explaining what happened and why or again the situation where maybe there was a goal and they're saying we reviewed th- this play and we found that player number 11 was offside in the buildup. that would be great so at least everyone yeah. in the stadium knows what nice. the hell is going on and everyone at home understands too now i'd love for us to get the var audio and that discussion between the referee that'd be cool oh yeah. my god. that'd be legit. Bring it. It's so awesome. I'm sure they're saying uh, some
0: bizarre things on there, man. I'm like 100% It's actually
1: not. And so I'm going to be going to the VAR headquarters. I I was hoping it was going to be this weekend. It's going to probably be next weekend. The VAR headquarters for MLS is here in Atlanta. So every single VAR review that happens for the MLS happens at the same warehouse in downtown Atlanta. And they all do it there. And it's the same thing in England. They have a central place where all that stuff goes. But I will tell you, the conversation is it's very they don't mince words it's very specific looking for blah 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 looking for serious foul play in the build up to this goal camera is going to be on um, this is this ref need you to review i believe we have a red card for serious foul play i believe there's been an error okay comes over they show him the videos okay play it back play it back stop right there okay i see it agree red card serious foul play they don't have converse like deep conversation right, right. it is yeah, of course, the yeah. laws of the game got to be yeah. What did I see? Is it a handball unnatural position above the shoulder. That's what I saw. Handball unnatural position above the shoulder. Whatever mm-hmm. it might be. And so it's uh, it's very detailed, but I promise you that would be very interesting to the yeah. viewers at home to be able to hear that so at least they understand and the commentators. Cuz sometimes y'all the commentators just who don't know the laws of the game, they'll make crap up and then yep, everyone the thinks that the commentators right. And they yeah, didn't, they don't know crazy. the
0: law changed like two years ago, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's, that happens. I, I watch a lot of the Bundesliga and that, that happens so many times with these American commentators. Oh, one, one thing I saw on YouTube was this uh, New Zealand Soccer Federation. There was a referee, he was about to retire. So they mic'd him up for Love that. It. And it's hearing, I, for me, I specifically, I know I, I spoke to players a lot telling them, hey, I saw yep, that play yep, on, let's yep. move on from it. Or having those conversations with these athletes because I've been like you and I, we've been on both sides, right? We're amped up like, I mean, what the hell just happened there, ref? And then you, as long as you acknowledge that you saw something, yeah. I think that dialogue has to be there. And I think people, more people should hear that portion.
1: I, I will tell you, just like you go to NASCAR and you can listen to the driver and the pit crew talk. Yep. I tell you, the comms, the communication that's happening consistently between the AR, the center official, the fourth official, and then the center official and the players mm-hmm. to be able to mm-hmm. say, Hey, I saw that. I gave you advantage there. Do you not want to play that? Oh, I'll call it back next time. Whatever yeah. that might be is, hey, guys, watch that poll. Next time I got you, whatever that might be. Play on whatever it might be. 50-50, all ball. But all those types of things that you hear the ref saying throughout the match is so valuable. I know as Absolutely. a referee myself, when I get to wear comms, when I'm working a higher level game with a higher level official, and I can just listen to that referee, how they communicate with the players throughout the mm-hmm. match, oh, my gosh it helps
0: them it helps them be better too it helps them learn right it oh, helps yeah. players learn to see what things are like
1: absolutely oh a thousand percent i think everyone would benefit from that to really understand how engaged a top official is and then also for younger referees and people interested in mm-hmm. being a referee how to manage a match because that's where i see the breakdown happen when yeah. i see problems occur on the pitch when we've got parents that are getting upset and coaches getting upset and players getting upset, it's because I don't, I have a referee who's not communicating. Okay. Absolutely. Not only are they not communicating with their mouth, but they're not communicating with their whistle, with their gestures, clearly making the call. What direction is it going? Why is it going there? Not being afraid to pull out that yellow card or that red card as they need to. They're not using their tools and not communicating. And when you see a top ref, they will absolutely communicate their posture, their voice, mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. gestures. It
0: brings it all together. It's so valuable. And one of the questions I wrote on here: Every referee is a stickler for certain rules. <laughs> for example, I'll give you—I'll give you my example. My big thing was always about professionalism. Mm. I said, "I will not answer to bro." I know I call people all the time, mm. bro, or whatever. You address me as sir. You will act like a professional in the field. Doesn't matter if you're 12 years old or it's 44 years old. You're still gonna—that's how you're gonna be addressed. So, mm. are there any rules that you're a real stickler about, Carson? Mm. That's a great. It's a great question. I get very upset with
1: deliberate delays of the restart. Oh, and so I know I'm using technical terminology, but to explain it to the people who or watch or listen to this, it's when there's been a foul, I've blown my whistle and someone runs and stands in front of that ball, preventing <sighs> the quick restart. That drives me nuts. And they see people do it all the time. And some refs, I don't know, they just let them get away with it. Not for me. The first time they do that, I'll be back up. (laughs) Ten y'all. Now, you heard my whistle. You saw me signal direct free kick. Retreat.
0: My voice too, right?
1: Exactly. Like back up. And then if they run up and do that again, it's one thing, hey, they they committed the foul. They're standing there. They're getting up. They're walking back slowly. Whatever. But you Mm -hmm. have these people who are coming back. Down the field like a midfielder after the center back makes a tackle, and that midfielder makes a beeline and runs in front right of that front. ball. I'm like, no, no.
0: Gerson <laughs> guilty of that many times. Oh, dude. Sorry, hey, listen. I, just,
1: I get it. I'll, my son, yeah. my I'm a goalkeeper. My son is a goalkeeper. We I mean, my son is the master of the dark arts of time wasting. The master. If there, if a referee is not paying attention and my kids' team is up, oh dude. The last 20 minutes of that match, the last 40 minutes of that match, if they're up two goals, <laughs> every goal kick he's taking a minute off that clock. He's trying to. Every time he scoops up a ball, he's awful. The opposing parents like go bananas. Oh, I'm but if sure. a, if a ref doesn't address it, he's gonna keep on doing it. He'll see what he can get away with every single time. Every yeah. time.
0: Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Man, it's you're taking me back here, Gerson. Man. <laughs> I miss it so much. I like I there's something about even for me, just like having these tournaments on the weekend and where I would play and ref at the same time and being at the fields all day. My parents were, we were just talking. We were, when I mentioned this, we were doing this. They remember when I was like 13, 14 years old, Mm -hmm. dropping me off at the fields all day and just let me stay there. And, Let's bring bringing back some memories, man. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm fangirling really hard right now having you on my <laughs> podcast. I like, I was like, I told my wife, I was like, I can't believe I'm so excited. I haven't been Lose. as excited about a
1: podcast. Hey, brother, your days are not behind you, man. They're in front of I you. I that. will tell I you, I had that. someone today, just today, comment on my video going, hey, man, I'm 40 years old. Was it too late to start refing?" I'm like, dude, I started at 40. <laughs> yes, That's I had ref some rugby like when I was like yeah. 20 or something like that, but I'm 48, almost 49 now, and yeah. I'm having the time of my life. And I will tell you, although last three weeks I was on, I had a vacation. I didn't run like I should have, but I would say about three weeks ago, I was probably as fit as I've been in the last decade of my life. Absolutely top, top court cardio for me, feeling strong, like hamstring strong, quad strong, finishing games in the 90th minute, still running past people going up the pitch feeling great. So I think it's something for me personally, where this can be lifetime activity awesome. for me it's not honestly and there'll be a point where i can't do mls next u19 games anymore but i guarantee i could do some u10 rec <laughs> oh, yeah just, like seriously fun. I, I could do that and probably until i'm 80 years old hopefully hopefully right what yeah I'm doing. yeah
0: my favorite games were the uh, over 40s and over 50 <laughs> games those guys take themselves so serious and oh. man, they're out there just for some reason we got paid the most to do those yeah and, Having me a an 18, 19 year nineteen-year-old telling these like grown men who are probably very like high professionals in their jobs, don't do that. Stop acting like a child. Let's move on and play. It's crazy to think about, right?
1: Yeah, I tell you, it's so funny. You and I are opposite on that one. I have completely really? taken myself out of an adult wreck. Oh, I love. I so can't. Much. I can't handle the adult wreck anymore because it's like yeah. it's like the most like silly little foul, and then oh, all yeah. of a sudden you've got one guy on the team. Who wants to relive that high school moment where maybe he got pushed by the bully and he didn't fight back? And now's his chance.
0: Now's his chance. Now's come his back, chance. Right?
1: He's gonna fight, yeah. get in a fight now. Dude, you're playing rec 7v7 like soccer. Dude, we live in Peachtree City. This ain't Compton. Settle down. <laughs> Settle down. It's my gosh. The whining and stuff. I just I'd much rather honestly, it's like I, I don't mind recreational games. Like when they're 13, 14 years old, they're having fun and they're doing it and they're active, that's great. But when the guys who are 30, 40, who just take it way too far and take it way too serious and then also start throwing that at me, like I had a a match. So this was my last rec match where I had this really big built machismo guy, okay, like Mm -hmm. really like in crazy shape. And I had this young 15 year old African American assistant referee who called him offside correctly. And he like took three steps, like running towards it. I was like, What is that? That's not off. I'm, Oh my God. I go, Yeah, what do like, you do? Oh my God. I, you know, I was not cool about that. I can't, yeah. I can't I, have Sometimes I am like, These are the people who should know better. You should be so thankful that you have the life where you can take the time to run Absolutely. around on the field with your friends and have fun and exercise and enjoy this moment. And sometimes it's still, it goes to that reptilian part of their brain yep. where they want to yep. be a tough guy or they want to yep. take their,
0: their stress out on someone. So I can't handle it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm a sucker for drama. I don't know what, man. when they start yelling at me, I remember one game, man, I had the mayor. So I'm from a town called in the middle of about five hours from Atlanta. Yep. The mayor of was playing and i'm gonna have to say this i'm this is the first time i've ever cursed on this podcast that guy was such a little man i was so mad at him (laughs) because he was such a baby that i was like dude i need you i need you to chill out you literally represent a city man make sure that you are acting such a way and i'm 19 years old telling you what to do so how does that say about us now
1: oh dude i had to give the league commissioner like, the, he was on the team. I had to give the commissioner a yellow card for the say. Oh, my God. That's good. That's what they deserve it. They deserve it. It's supposed Dude, to feel good. You literally run the league. You literally <laughs> give out fines for cards, yeah. and I'm having to give you a card. Oh, yeah, Settle down, nice. man. But yeah, no, I, I honestly, with the teenagers, and again, generally speaking, the higher level of competition, mm-hmm. the ECNLs, the MLS Next, you know, those kids, like, it's, like, to get on that team is an achievement and is an honor so they, the coaches are in control. They tell the parents, shut up. If you yell, you're sitting down. And the mm-hmm. players are professional. They know if scouts are coming to watch them, they don't want the kid who's a complainer, the kid who's it. whining. They want the kid who just gets up and gets ready for the next play. And so I enjoy that. It's high-level competition. It's technical. It's fast. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It keeps me moving, and I enjoy yeah. it. And that's Again, it's the mental challenge. It's the
0: physical challenge. But in the end, I want to have fun. Yeah, absolutely. I want to transition you mentioned a couple things for me and this is a pharmacy podcast so i do have to throw some vitamins at you person is that okay go for it all right especially for athletes whenever you talk about sore muscles or being like just from general tiredness from working out i always recommend magnesium glycinate for Mm. all my patients over 50 percent of the general population is low on magnesium so i always recommend it for patients anyway but specifically for athletes, and especially for somebody that runs a lot, man, mm-hmm. taking that at bedtime really helps relax the muscles. That's my big recommendation. So you would do that
1: uh, in your recovery after a, ga- a day of matches?
0: I, I do it every day. I work out really? four days a week, but I just I like the glycinate specifically because it helps with stress. It helps with the muscle pain. It helps with fatigue, hmm. and they all work really well together when you take it at bedtime. So That's one of my big recommendations. Very obviously, please stay hydrated, man. Oh. it's getting hot. You see me? Yeah, drink I, it. Saw I saw that. I saw it all the time. I appreciate that. I was like, I always tell people, I always have my big. My wife got me one of these Stanley Can't see it. One of these yeah. Stanley cups. And I gotta oh, I know. Keep one next to me. Yeah, at all Yeah, about. it's
1: amazing how this weekend I'm I, whoever plans a one o'clock game in the end of July or end oh, of June. And, dude, oh, my son is going to U.S. Regionals next week. It is in Baton Rouge, Louisiana oh, in the end of
0: June. Oh, God. <laughs> you're going to be it's, sweating just walking outside. Oh, it's redu- there, man. oh
1: yeah, absolutely. It it's like you're walking through soup. But I, I yeah. have a, I think it's like 48 ounce jug. My Good. pregame meal is a smoothie. I nice. almost finished that entire jug and I've got some type of, Get the name of it, but some type of hydration powder that I put into that as well. But honestly, you can't get enough when you're out there running, especially in this humidity. It's Absolutely. I take it very seriously. I'm always amazed yeah. at the people who show up and they have a like no water or a little water. I'm like, dude, you're gonna die. I know.
0: Yeah, you're not gonna make it very far <laughs> out here. No, yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about sports, man. Yep. Any teams you're a fan of?
1: Yeah, so I so my Premier League club. I'm a Manchester United fan, and I'm and I honestly listen has some pity for me because ah, I lived. I know goodness. I lived in Europe. Yeah. So I, I'm a Dutch national team fan, U.S. men's national team, who's playing in just a little bit. But they start soon, don't they? Yeah. They are t- 10 p.m. Eastern, so 9 p.m. your yeah. time. So the but I when I lived in Europe, I was running a marketing operation in Europe, and one of the guys who worked for me was a Man U fan. He took me to Old Trafford. Honestly, nice. if I had gone to any other Premier League stadium first, I probably would have fell in love with that. But he took me there. And so I fell in love with Man U the year that – what's his name? Retired. Sir – gosh. Alex Sir, Ferguson. Alex Ferguson retired. Yeah, yeah so I've yeah. just had pain. I've yeah, had David true. Moyes. I've had Mourinho. Yeah. I've oh, not geez. had any Premier League championships. Well, ten ten like, Hug oh, right now is doing oh, pretty well. A, a, a lot of fun. I'm yeah. excited. I'm actually optimistic. It's wonderful. But yeah. I have not had glory. So That's... I've had 10 years – Zero glory. So it's yep. not – I'm not a Man U fan of 20 years ago. I've had <laughs> – So, yeah.
0: They, they have – y'all have Champions League football next year. So we yeah. do have Champions League football, but we're definitely yeah. probably
1: three or four players away from being a Champions League contender to get to a knockout round or something like that. <laughs> but, no, I'm <laughs> – it's a but, step forward. Yeah, but I'm a Man U fan. I would always go Barcelona over Real Madrid, you know, okay, type okay. of thing. I'm a Messi over Ronaldo kind of guy. And Fair. then here in Atlanta, we've got Atlanta United. So we fallen yeah, in love with them. It's a
0: big team. They were did they, did they win a championship recently?
1: They were the MLS champions in 2018. 18, they yeah. all the way to, I think, the Eastern Finals two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> but we draw... Atlanta United has, I think it's the sixth or seventh highest average attendance of any soccer yeah. club in the world. Any yeah, I've soccer heard club that. in the world, and it's amazing, absolutely amazing. It's got that's a, that's a big man. stadium. I'm it's
0: huge. the Mercedes Benz Stadium, right? That's, that's right. So stadiums.
1: when we won, I was at the MLS Cup that we won in 2018, and mm-hmm. we had 81,000 fans there. And the Super Bowl, oh. which was two weeks later. I believe, or two or three weeks later, only had 74,000 fans. <laughs> so it's, yeah. That's and nuts. now the field changes a little bit, but right, it's, of it, course. they draw a lot of fans and it's always a great fan environment. They've done a wonderful job with that team.
0: We're, so I live in Frisco, Texas, and cool. about two and a half miles from FC Dallas' stadium. So they play oh, like right down the street from us. So it's, it's fun to go see them. I've met a lot of the cool, like the personnel and stuff like that, which is, it's pretty fun. Anything else, David? I usually try to run these podcasts like 20, 30 minutes, man. Anything, yeah, I would just ask, we'll talk him, you, you talked about the magnesium.
1: I'm, again, I'm coming in on 50. I definitely am always, I do a very extensive warmup before good. every match. I'm good. I have a, got a, about a 15 minute dynamic warm up that I do every single time I'm about to be out there. But is there anything else you would recommend for me, someone at at my age trying to avoid injury avoid those pulled yeah. muscles that's really yeah. the biggest fear in my world right now Double is another is, man. is a pulled hamstring yeah. I, i've had it happen it's awful it knocks me out for two three months and it's i never want to happen right? again it's, it's such an so important muscle
0: especially when with your back and everything that's associated with it mm. so one of the big things a lot of people forget about is having good healthy fiber beforehand so oh, yeah whenever you have like good fruit and stuff before a game that really helps because it's got the good sugars to help mm. re rebuild your muscles some fiber to help get things moving a little bit faster mm-hmm. and of course it's always to stay hydrated man that's always the biggest thing and i've seen it happen for so many people is that you can warm up and stress all day if you don't if you don't drink water or drink your electrolytes your that hamstring is just going to tighten up just that quickly oh. so those are always important things that I tell people.
1: I appreciate the advice, Hamusha. I've been yeah. doing well the last Good. year and a half, but I'm trying to keep the streak going, especially during these hot summer
0: months. I'm oh, like, goodness. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't miss those tournaments, man. In the middle of June, July, no. trying to run around the field.
1: No, I've got a game. I'm centering a game at 1 p.m. on Saturday, and then I've got oh. another match at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Man, the refs are always in high demand. So I, If I wanted to, I could ref three, four games in a day every <laughs> single weekend of the year, even. in the summertime and it just it's such a a physical drain on you you got to stay healthy take your vitamins i'm always a big high fiber guy and big time on hydration i take it very seriously
0: David Gerson, refs need love too, man. Tell us a little bit about your, your social medias. Yep. Where can people find you? Absolutely. I am
1: my biggest channel with 145,000 followers where I get 10 million views a week is on TikTok at refs need love too. But I also have a website and it's refs need love too.com. People can email me at refsneedlove need love too at gmail.com. I've got merch both on TikTok on the website as well. So you could show your ref love always I'm, making I'm, sure to support
0: I'm, the third team. I have your uh, your website pulled up. I'm definitely buying one. There, yeah. I check need, out the blog, check out the podcast.
1: Yeah. And if anyone has any questions ever about a call they've seen in the beautiful game, email me, message me on Insta, TikTok, <laughs> whatever. I'm happy to review and give you my thoughts. I may not always agree with you, but yep. I will give you my honest opinion and thoughts.
0: David Gerson, refs need love too, man. I am I am so happy right now. I can't stop smiling. I'm so excited, <laughs> bro. I appreciate you.
1: Oh, I appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, consider giving us a five star review anywhere that you get your episodes. Follow us at Sports Pharmacy Pod, as well as me, your host, at Dr. Mixalot. Join our Discord server for more interactions with me and fellow listeners. As always, stay well, stay hydrated, and I will catch you next time.